I cannot believe you were still able to make them tap out even after they threw crap in your face. Well, I mean, you know, Coke really helps out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So, what are we going to review this week? We are going to do what I will call an anti-rom-com high fidelity. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. I love this movie. I am super excited to do it. So, without further ado, time to put our favorite records on and grab your popcorn. Welcome to Grab Your Popcorn. I am Brian Croc. Along with me is David Kalisa. Hello again, everybody. We are back again after a couple of week hiatus, and uh, we are raring to go. Yes. But uh, I remember you asked me, hey, what movie are we doing? And I was like, High Fidelity. Yes. Yeah, and you're yeah. like, oh, yes. I mean, it threw me off guard a little bit. Usually we have to just have a little discussion and whatnot, a little back and forth. but uh, Try and figure were, something out. Yeah. You were pretty confident. You were ready to go. Yeah. Well, see, the reason why this popped up is because I recently went to a uh, an event over at, I believe, uh, SLU, where... Uh, Friggin' John Cusack was like there, like doing a Q&A. No way. Yeah. So we watched the movie Say Anything, which I will admit I had never actually seen before. I knew the scenes, you know, the whole yeah, like holding yeah, the stereo I mean, up and like yeah. all that kind of crap. It, it's called classic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and so I, I knew about that, but I was excited to actually see the movie, like especially on a big screen. And then it was really cool. Like they had John Cusack come out. And he like answered questions and like talked about different random stuff. That is awesome. And so because of that, I was like, I was like, man, it would have been super cool. Like they did high if they did high fidelity. So the three movies that they did when he's on this tour and they show a different movie every time that he goes to a different city is uh, say anything gross point blank and high and high fidelity. Damn. I know that's pretty like, good. Ron Robin. I know, right? I could watch I could watch uh, High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank back to back anytime. Every day. Every day. Yeah, that, yeah. That, they're stellar films. And then but I watch, you know, watching Say Anything, I was like, okay. It's like now I understand like where some of the roots that John Cusack has gone through, like in other movies, right, like where right, they right. kind of all, all came from. I mean, Gross Point Blank, that's just one of those movies where if you get the rare occasion of watching with somebody that's never seen it, it's just like it always blows them out of the water because it's not a genre that you would expect. It's a mixture of action and romantic comedy. Yes. And it is so well intertwined and that is for a totally different day, but that's awesome. You got to see that though. Yes. That's super jealous. So because I saw that, I was like, man, I really want to go back and watch high fidelity now and see how well it actually holds up. Cause some of the movies that you watch back in the day, you're like, man, this is brilliant. And then you go back and watch it again and you're just like, this is really dumb or you know or become subpar or your taste change yeah 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 so it's like the worst time though is like when you go back and you watch a movie that you like really really loved and it's like and the jokes you like just turns out to be really really stupid the one movie that i know for a fact that has done that to me is jean-claude van damme's time cop <laughs> <laughs> i remember thinking that movie was absolute boss shit when i was a kid and then I was probably like 2021 and I rewatched and I'm like, this is a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like thoroughly disappointed. Like, you know, the one liners and stuff are still funny. And, you know, there's the, you know, his action scenes are still pretty good. But like the CGI did not hold yeah. up 
at all over time and everything. It just it did not leave me with the same feeling of uh, when I watched it as a kid. Yes. This, on the other hand, though, once you said that uh, you wanted to do this, I said, well, I actually had just watched it last month, and I rewatched it again um, over, you know, course of, like, the uh, last couple of days or whatever like that. And yeah. in my opinion, it still holds up pretty yeah. well. Yes. And uh, But I I think to, to believe because, you know, relationships are still a thing and whatnot. Yeah. And, you know, there's uh, – for not everybody, I know me and you can't really relate to what he's gone through relationship-wise True. in his life. But majority of people can to some extent. Yeah. You know, they, they, they do tackle the all the different major, like, key points of life of when you go through relationships and what you're looking for in them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, you know, I'm sure can hit some points or whatever like that or, or all of them, depending yeah. on, uh, you know, who you're with. So the, the thing that I thought was actually really funny is that um, – uh, and and John Cusack actually talked about this at the thing, was that uh, Nick uh, Nick Hornby who wrote High Fidelity and it's set in London, right? Okay, like, yeah, yeah. And then the movie is set in Chicago. Uh, when when John was talking to Nick about like you know the transition from from London to Chicago and like how that would all play out, Nick actually said that you know I'm fine with the change in location because the book is is not is not about the geography. Like it, it can happen anywhere because what it really boils down to is a book about men talking about men things in, right. in a record shop as only men in record shops can do. <laughs> and I was like, man, like that, that hits me. Right. Like yeah, yeah, where yeah. I you're live, definitely, you're a big music person, like, you know, and that's and, what and, you drew know, me. You're a music family also. You that's, know, that's what drew me to the movie in the first place exactly. was the sheer amount of like music talk that they were all going through. Yeah, I didn't get a lot of the references the first time around, you know, but like over your course over, of life. Exactly. I've learned more and I've I respect a lot more out of what they were actually talking about in in the movie. That's awesome. Uh but I will tell you this, uh bef- before we we get into a lot of these plot points. Um after rewatching it again, it finally did make me realize though that while Rob is the main character, Rob is like a horrible human being throughout most of this movie. Absolutely. And I think, and uh, I, I came to the realization of that as well. And honestly, I think it's because we're both married now. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, that's how it hit to me. And just like, you don't, you don't do that to women, you know, sort of thing. Yeah. You know, you want to, you don't want to do that in a relationship. You don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Basically. And uh, so, yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree with you on that. All right, so let's actually get into some of the the basic details of this story. The John Cusack is, plays Rob, who Rob. was a former DJ, now uh, owns a record shop in Chicago. Which let's you know, suffice to say, depending on your personality, is either going to be a really loser career or a really awesome career. Awesome career yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right, I know. Like I say, it all depends on the personality of the person that's doing yeah. it, though. I mean, it's either you're either going to walk in that store and they're going to own it and they're actually going to have a good vibe from it, or they're just going to be something that they settled on and it's going to be like a very crap experience. So, like, you know, you know, for uh, uh, Kevin Smith, Kevin Smith makes it really, really huge and then opens up a comic shop in New Jersey. Right. Right. If I got really big and famous, I would open a record shop. And, and like, that's where I would retire. And like Collinsville or something. Yeah. Yeah. Everest well, whatever, wherever it happens to be. Yeah. But that's, that would be like my, my sort of end game, <laughs> uh, situation. Uh, so Rob is a former DJ now owns a record store, has two guys that work for him, Barry and Dick. 
And uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's such a bad pair of names. Yes. Barry Dick. Barry Dick. So uh, <laughs> Dick is like the 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 quiet, you know, shy guy. Like, but he his knowledge is exceptional. Yeah. He he's like your Wikipedia of music, if yes. you will. You know, he's got all the indie and, information, all the new gen bands coming about, all the underground stuff. Yeah. going on and everything like that. But he's so soft spoken, and he's also you know got that temperament of just not really wanted to be confrontational. At yes, all. absolutely. And, and boy, does that actor, we, he kills his part. I we all know somebody him. like this. Yes. yes. Uh, but I, I, I know that I was probably closer to, I was, I was like a mixture of these two yeah. characters. Probably we, all we know, three. We know so, who I am. Well, yeah, that's, that's a given, <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely, I was the one who was always like trying to find the new music and I still am the guy who's always trying right. to find new music and I'm, I'm always researching and like big passion. Ears. Yeah, 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 exactly. And so like, I understand that part as like, but then at the same time, like I definitely fall more in line with like the, with, with Barry and then even Rob too, because I'm just, I'm like that. Well, everybody has your days where you're like, Rob, you know, I just want something I can ignore. Yes, know? exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so these three guys are basically the the primary players in the record shop. Yes. And then I mean, they're, they're, let's face it, they, they are the only people in the record yes, shop. He, he hired them for part time help, and they just start, started showing up every day. And, and that he, was he five can't years fire ago. them. So <laughs> uh, now let's go to the women's side of it. Yes. So uh, he had Rob. The entire like crux of the of the movie is that Rob's girlfriend Laura has broken up with him. Yes, and they they you, you come to find they they've definitely been together for a while. They actually have what would be a serious relationship. Yes, very serious. And relationship. Uh, you don't really find out fully, or at least I I never really piece together like the exact like reason or like fight that like caused her to leave. You yeah. come in immediately once they're broken up. And she leaves the apartment. Right. Literally as she's walking out of the apartment, that's when the movie starts. Right. So you 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 get this kind of sense of lost and whatnot. And then it is up to Rob to kind of piece together his life for you. Yeah. Uh, you know, that yes. has led up to this moment where, where he is at. And it's him breaking the third wall a lot, talking to the camera. But this is where they get into one of the one of the cool like running gags of the entire uh, movie which is the top five list. Yes. And he goes, he essentially goes that, you know, Laura, you know, it's like, if you actually wanted to hurt me, it's like, you should have, you should have gotten to me sooner. It's because top five all time worst breakups are in this order. <laughs> yeah. And then he and goes like, on to name them, goes on to name the women and just uh, like, it, it's just a hilarious scene altogether because it's him talking to the camera and then it's him talking to Laura and like back and forth. Uh, but yes, Laura has moved out, broken his heart, and now he's all just depressed and stuff and having to deal with his emotions, which right. he doesn't want to do. And, and you know, the, for as old as this movie is now, because it's, it's got to be approaching its 20th anniversary or maybe already hit somewhere around 2000, there. so yeah. 2000, yeah, so it's coming up. Yeah. So um, fourth breaking the fourth wall was definitely not a common thing Yeah. Um, during, during this time, but man, was it brilliantly done for this mm -hmm. film because it, it just, it flows right. It doesn't feel unnatural yeah. for him to, you know, for him to do it the way he does and everything like that. Yeah. And John Cusack is just a great actor in general. So he was able to just go with it and he really nails it. And I, I want to point out before we get too far. Cause too I, I want to point out something too. I know. I know this is what we do. We point it all out. This is why, that's why people listen to us. Yes. So the movie opens up with him. It, it immediately breaks the fourth wall. It's him staring at the camera. Yeah. Listening to music. Listening to music. And 
it immediately captured me. Like first time I watched it, and like as I've grown older, it's still even that conversation he has with the camera yes. about breakups, about breakups, like, but then also about you know you know Hollywood or parents are worried about you know TV and violent movies video and, games, and violent video games, but you know not worried about kids listening to thousands, literally thousands of lyrics, yes. about heartbreak, depression. It's like. That is real, and like that is still so it, real it, to this day. It didn't even dawn on me that that was that that was a thing until I saw that movie, and then I was like, "Holy crap!" Right, and like music is just it just goes. It's like kind of almost like swept under the rug. It's just a like known thing or like accepted yeah. thing. But it, you know, there is you break down all the different genres and subgenres of music there are. And the hundreds of millions of artists there are. There's probably more music out there than there are books and or movies yeah you know, definitely with, movies yeah. you know and whatnot so it's like holy crap why is this not talked about yeah. why is this not brought up and even after the movie came out like you Mu- still don't see music anything about that music has some real power like real power behind it and and it affects us on deeply emotional levels yes even beyond just entertainment value we can go and watch a movie and just be like okay that was entertaining but it doesn't affect me like on a personal level right but i can go out there and on my phone right now i can listen to like i don't know 40 different albums that have shaped my life and instantly like bring me to a point of an emotional state like yeah i play video games and i go out and i you know shoot things and whatever it's like but that's that's just an entertainment thing. Right. But my emotional state is directly influenced by the music I listen exactly. to. Exactly. And it's like, you know, let's do a comparison. How many movies can you put up against how many songs will remind you of a specific day or even like exact time in your life? I could probably do like maybe 10 movies, maybe 10 movies. But you could probably do but you wanna 100 know, songs. You want to know something funny though? Is that like my top five uh, movies that have like shaped my life? All music related. Doesn't surprise me. But you know I mean with the exception of blood sport. <laughs> with the exception of blood sport. Yes, yes, yes. So it just goes to show you that for, you know, as like serious as this, you know, movie can, you know, be throughout of it and whatnot, it immediately starts out on such a powerful, spiritually hitting note that yeah. I feel that not enough people know about. That is true. So, so that being said, starts off just crescendos high, and you're like, holy crap, what did I get myself into? I'm ready. Yeah. So he he Laura has broken up with him. She's moved out. He's now dealing with stuff. He's just explaining to the audience like what his life is like and all of that. And then he comes to this conclusion a bit later on where he should uh he should contact his top five ex-girlfriends mm-hmm. and find out like why they actually broke up with him. Right. So yeah, you, you get to go through and it's a really neat montage of, you know, seeing all his, you know, uh, all these girlfriends on the top five lists and, and you know, what happened during those times of life and everything like that. And, uh, you know, in between them and whatnot, you get quips of, you know, the present time and what's going on. And then he goes, uh, I believe they phrase it as, you know, what does it all mean kind of things. Yes. So, you know, he, he wants to kind of basically he wants closure on everything. He wants to know, you know, what's going on. Why is he doomed to spend the rest of existence alone? Yeah. So here's the who is the brilliant part. Like he he then calls uh, his his number five on the list. Allison. Yep. Uh, and calls her house. 
Yes. Her Which old house. So Where awkward. the mother lives. And and he's like, hey, I I was Allison's first boyfriend. You know, I was just, you know, wondering, like, you know, it, it just he has this conversation. And then his, the mom goes, it's like, I don't mean to correct you, but <laughs> no, you weren't her first boyfriend. Her first boyfriend was Kevin. Yeah. And then she's like, and uh, he was, you know, like her first and last boyfriend. Because she's now married to him. Yes. Yeah. It's like, and then like just goes down there and then he hangs up the phone and then he just delivers this line. He's like, he's like, Allison married <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> I am free now or I'm fine now. You know, <laughs> he's, like, he's like yelling in the middle of his apartment. It's like, that was fate. It's like. It's it's such a great scene because it's just like oh okay it's like he he like this is this was great right it's like so, and then then he has a conversation with Bruce Springsteen the boss the boss and it's like and they there he is just sitting on the chair strumming away just being Bruce side note <laughs> John Cusack wanted to get uh, Bob Dylan for the role but Bob Dylan was unavailable. And so I don't think it would have been, I don't think it would have been as cool. Springsteen. Like he, he just delivers those lines just so well. Well, he's just so chill, you know, like like he just, he's just having a general conversation while, you know, just creating some tunes. Yeah. But that it leads to the, to the great line. And he's like, he's like, I'd feel better. They'd feel better. And he goes, well, you'd feel, he's like, he's like, you'd feel better. They'd feel better. Maybe, maybe yeah. (laughs) they'd feel better, but you, you definitely feel better. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's, it's such a nice little, just like bring this back to reality a bit. Like, right. And it's, but like I said, it just is so well directed. Like it just, you know, that it's like, not really, he's just imagining like talking to Bruce, whatever like that, but they got him, you know, they got him for the movie. They got him in there and it just, it just flows so well. It's just all part of it because once again, it's music related and, and everything like that. And just, um, you know, didn't skip a beat on it. Yeah. So now we get to go through the second montage, and now you get to see all the top five lists um, in present time, and you get to see, um, you know, where they're at in life, and Rob kind of gets to blindside them with, so why the hell did this happen? <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, he goes to number four on the list. Yeah, which was, is, uh, was uh, Penny Hardwick. Penny Hardwick, the blonde. Yes, the blonde, like, uh popular high school girl it's like and he was certainly not that no and uh the other cool thing and and, um this uh goes to show you exactly um how much the director was also into music when not during penny's uh montage when you know like when they're in the past and everything like that he does a sub list of her uh, top five recording artists yes and number one on her list is elton john and uh, then they play one of his songs. This this whole movie just has a stellar soundtrack. Yeah. But, well, that's the thing is that actually on her list, he, he he mentions Elton John, but he also mentions Cat Stevens. Yes. And I was just like, back when I saw the movie, I was like, man, I know I know the name Cat Stevens. I was like, but I can't place any of the music. Mm-hmm. And so immediately afterwards, I did like a deep dive on Cat Stevens and like just blew me away. There you go. So because of that movie, I now listen to Cat Stevens uh, or whatever uh, – his name is now I'm blanking. But oh, don't ask me. I, he I actually, would not know. He actually did release an album like a couple of years ago. Really? Yeah. And still recording. Oh, yeah. Still yeah, yeah. He, wow. st- he stopped for a good long while, but he released an album. And man, it's got some magical moments in there. Sweet. It really freaking does. It's awesome. cl- it's like classic Cat Stevens stuff. And I, <laughs> even uh, uh, even though I don't remember what his, his current Muslim name is. That's okay. Luckily, this is a movie podcast and not a music one. Well, yeah, but I host a music <laughs> podcast too, so I mean, I should they probably. Don't know that. They don't know that. 
They probably do. <laughs> We're so, probably actually getting some some listeners now on on these podcasts purely because of my YouTube stuff. Well, so. that's okay. I'm I'm appreciative of that. I'm just saying, like you know, you're becoming a YouTube star. You're looking I'm gonna, great. I'm gonna start great. Put, putting it out there. That, uh, eventually, I'm gonna start putting it out there though that like I actually do like host these podcasts, and so like you know maybe we can get some traffic going. It's okay. So we're going back into it now. So he meets up with Penny in present time or not. They go out. Um, you find out that she uh, reviews movies for a living, which is super cool. Which is super cool. I wonder who does that. So um, uh, then they go out to dinner or not, and he goes, you know, I just dive right into it and explains his whole life story to her, you know, over dinner and whatnot and then he finally asked her what happened and he's like he's like he's like oh it's like this person wanted to sleep with this person this person wanted to sleep with this he's like he's like and you you wanted to sleep with this other guy and not, not me. me and she goes well and like this is also a serious issue this is part that like probably doesn't translate translate too well in today's culture yeah because i mean it is a pretty serious thing especially with how she worded it and yes. she even brought up like it's not right because i couldn't fend him off it's like well she, well, she said it's, it wasn't right because oh, I, I didn't, didn't say, say no. no. That's right. She's like, but yeah. it wasn't far off. Yeah, and it's like, that's scary. Like, that's that's horrible that that happened. And yes. That they brought it up, and unfortunately, like, because of the movie, it is they glossed it over. So, like, you know, if somebody from today would watch it, they'd probably be like, oh, my God, you masculine bastard just glossing it over, yeah. blah, blah, blah. It's like, that's not the case. It wasn't oh, no. the time. And then it gets even worse because the next thing after that, after she storms out, is it's like, that's right. And I'm, then you're like, you're like, oh, he's like, he's actually going to have like a moment of, of revelation here, like that he's actually going to feel bad for, for doing this. No. No. He goes, that's right. I broke up with her. Yeah. And it's like, oh, really? That's what you realize that you yeah. ended it, not her. It's like not not the fact that she basically got raped by this other dude because you broke up because with her you because broke you up didn't with her. get because you didn't get laid. Like it was more so just like, oh, crap. It's like she shouldn't be on my list anyway because i broke up with her rob you're a dick it's like and that that was the moment where i was really just like oh my like no he is not not good here no like he is not the good guy of this story no he's he's definitely definitely has his bad moments laura is definitely the good one like at this moment in time most definitely like even with all the other crap uh, so um uh they skip over number three yeah because he said, he said it didn't yeah, they skip over number three because uh, she was she was the the intense one that he needed to deal with later. Yeah, and then they go to number two. Yes, uh, I can't remember her name, uh, uh, but it's uh, her. The actress is Lily Taylor. Yeah, Lily Lily Taylor. Um, I like just, I said, you, you watch this movie, you just like, oh my god, they had everybody in this. They had quite a few people. She played Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Sarah had just broken up with her boyfriend, uh, and Rob had just broken up with Charlie. Yep, and. So they just sort of commiserated it's, together. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a it's a it's a mutual relationship of post breakup yes. sadness. And depression. that was that was really about it. I mean, like, yeah, there's some great moments in uh, for that scene or and for then, those scenes. But and you think about it again, it's like that's not going to be a healthy relationship. No, you know, not not in the least. And you know, of course, you know, they end it. She leaves him for somebody else, and then you know they start catching up, and um, and then this was a pretty good part like he redeems himself like a couple points with this and just like you know yeah. she's you know she's explaining her life and what's going on and he goes i don't have the heart to go through this i'm glad that it broke up when it did and that it was mutual yeah and everything like that he goes i'm not gonna 
try this, that, or yeah. the other. But the, the thing that I love, though, is when he's walking away from the apartment. Yes. Like, yes. And, and she's, uh, he, she's like standing in the background and she shuts the door. And then he's like, he's like, I could have wound up having sex with her. She's like, but I wouldn't be sleeping with a person. She's like, I'd be sleeping. What, what does he say? I'd be sleeping with a, like a whole. Basically, like he'd be sleeping the situation, not yes. the person. Yes. And like, okay, good for you on realizing that and also not taking advantage of that. Yeah. Okay. You redeem yourself a couple points from your bullshit with Penny. Yeah. So then you come to find out. So he find his uh, sister in the movie, um, Liz. Yes. Played by his real life sister, Joan. Joan. Uh, you know, uh, she calls to check up on her brother. See how he's doing after her his breakup with Laura. Yeah. And so they're discussing, going back and forth, and she lets it slip. I don't know what I think about this Ian guy, and. Uh, you know, Rob's face is kind of like, uh, what was that? <laughs> what did you say? And uh, he, he gets distracted. He has to hand up the phone and everything like that because a musical artist that they uh, went and saw a little bit earlier in the film uh, is in the shop. So he's, you know, going to go out and talk with her and whatnot and has my favorite breakdown of the whole film. He goes, hold on, I'll be right back. And he closes one door and then goes into the office and closes that door and just yells out, what? Fucking Ian guy. And then immediately cuts to him walking back to his apartment where he's just ranting about this. But but I love it. It's like he he walks past the mail and he's like he's and he's just going off, going off, and then go says the lines like she lives in an Ianless universe. Universe. <laughs> and then and then walks back over to the mail and it's just like how he rummages through it cracks it too. Like he he kind of sits through it, but it's just like falling on the floor. He doesn't give a damn. <laughs> it's just falling like, at his feet. And he finds one like, and he crumples it up and reads it. <laughs> was it, it what was the guy's Mr. last name? I Raymond. I Ray, Raymond. Ray I, to his friends. Ian. Ian. <laughs> but more importantly, to his neighbor. <laughs> So he has this revelation. And then just proceeds to rip on this dude like so hardcore. Like, I absolutely. He's like. Horrible the, cooking the, smells. Horrible cooking smells. Like, the music that he listened to was whatever ethno trash. Like, rings on his fingers. <laughs> like, and then proceeds to say, it's like, he's like, and he would just like have these like massive marathon sex, like the things yes. going on uh, uh like in the apartment above them which which cracked me up because as i was reading the trivia though during that scene where the sex is happening uh laura is actually reading the book love thy neighbor oh which my god that's is exactly so bad. what she does Look. later on <laughs> but this, this so he has he has like the the most epic so he's just having a horrible breakdown in his bed he just yes. finds out what's going on pieces all together and of course Liz has now bumped in to yeah. the number one spot. Yes. You know, well, not Liz, uh, Laura, Laura. I'm sorry. Yeah. Laura yes. has now bumped into the number one spot, but he says, he says a line there, like in, in back, uh, when he's, he's in bed and he's like talking about this, he goes, nobody is having a, like better sex than the sex that you and Ian are having in my mind. Like, it's like, <laughs> What like it's such a crazy thing. It's like, but when you think about it, it's like if you're if you're actually broken up about this and you're super pissed off about it, it's like, of course, like you're going to imagine it. And then even later on, when he talks to her about it, like, uh, and uh, and she, you know, we'll skip over one just a little bit. We'll come back to it though. Yeah. So later on, when she does does sleep with Ian, uh, Rob even asks her. He's like, "Is it better?" It's it's like. Well, it, <laughs> 
And it's like, uh, why would you ask that? Which, which then also leads to, uh, actually a, a really, really touching moment though, where she says, like, where she's talking about sleeping together. Like, Oh, that actually happened a little bit before that, but there, there's a touching moment where she's talking about sleeping together, like just sleeping. Right. And she actually then says that like, you know, no, Ian's better at sleeping like together with somebody. Like, and that's kind of like what, what Rob, like his entire problem was, is that he was never really comfortable in, in the situation. He was never comfortable in the relationship. Right. So great moments there, but let's jump back to when she hadn't slept with Ian just yet. (laughs) And, uh, and go to the record store where the the conversation about the movie happens. (laughs) And Rob says the line, it's like, it's like, what if I told you I haven't seen Evil Dead 2 yet? And by the way, in case you haven't seen this, one of his co-workers, Barry, is played by the epic and legendary Jack Black. Yes. Young Jack Black. This is, you know, uh, he like just started his startup. Like, like pre-super fame. Yeah. Yes. So like he, he is still all the Jack Black that you know, but just not who you think he is. And so he is just the most smart ass, yeah, just over the top person that you could ever work with, and he absolutely just blows that out of the water, hysterical. Yeah, but so he's he, asking, he's specifically asking Barry and Rob, but Barry is of course taking the reins on the conversation. Yes, he goes, "Well, I'd call you a liar because you know I, you saw it twice, once with me, and yeah, <laughs> and then once with Laura. Yeah. Ooh, sorry." <laughs> <laughs> And he just rips on this whole conversation. And it's like, and it's just awesome that they use such a awesome movie for reference yeah. too. It, <laughs> it's, but their interactions are so natural. Like it's just, oh, it flows. It's so nice because even like after they go through this whole tirade and Rob's just like, you know, it's like, no, I'm just asking you. And then like immediately Jack Black jumps in, Barry jumps in and it's just like, <laughs> I haven't seen evil dead two yet. <laughs> yes. I understand. I understand what you're saying. And like and like their their whole chemistry was great right off the bat. Like as soon as Barry's introduced into this film, when he walks through the store when they're listening to <laughs> Holy shit, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a record that we're listening to and enjoying. Well that's unfortunate because it sucks ass. <laughs> and then he throws a cassette across the room, puts in his and like cranks it up to an eleven. It's like, <laughs> It's like, turn it off. It's like, I'm sorry, it won't go go any louder. louder. (laughs) Which I will admit I have done. (laughs) When you have that sort of system, you have to do it at least. So anyway, it is just the, any, any conversation with them three together and whatnot is just phenomenal. Cause as you said, it is like, it is like the trifecta of like music knowledge and, uh, you know, just like mastery together. Yeah. You know, elitist, if yes. you were. And in fact, they have a conversation <laughs> yes. about that later on, <laughs> yeah, about well, being elitist. So like, you creep, guys are snobs. With that creep guy that wanted to buy the record, he's like, oh, I'm not selling this one <laughs> this week yet. Oh, no, that's what you said last week. Oh, I just, <laughs> you know, just completely just blows him off and the dude walks out. <laughs> and then they're, uh, that, that black actor, he he's actually, he's pretty famous. I can't remember his name, though. I'm pretty sure he was on the show Becker. He was, yes. Dance. Yes. And uh, he ends up, he's like, I don't have that record. I'll buy it for 40. Oh, yeah, sold. Now, why would you sell it to me and not him? You're not a creep, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that shit happens. You know that that happens. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and it's like you said, it's just it's completely natural, and it just feels so real. 
Because yeah, if I, you you walk into stores like that, you you know you can feel that sort of like just tension and emotion going around when the, when you know guys like that are in there. Yeah, but it's it's when he calls them out for it and he basically he calls them snobs <laughs> because he's like you guys think he's like you're better than everyone. He's like you guys you guys you guys think, think you're better. better. Than everyone, like, than everyone else. Than everyone else. No. <laughs> Which, you know, you think is everyone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they all answer together. <laughs> and and, uh, and the other scene with the dad that comes in, you know, hey, I'm looking for a record for my daughter. Oh, okay, what is it? Uh, I just called to say I love you. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have that one. Oh, cool. Can I have it? No, no. <laughs> well, why not? Well, because it's sentimental, tacky crap. That's why not. Does it look like the kind of store that calls to say I love you? Go to the mall. <laughs> What's your problem? Do you even know your daughter? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Is she in a coma? <laughs> just rips this dude apart. He's just like, He's oh, so excuse good. me. I didn't know it was pick on the middle-aged square guy day. My apologies. <laughs> bye bye <laughs> Yeah, support that's how we talk about supporting roles like the small roles just steal the show but it's like when he when even when the guy leaves and like jack black just turns around he's just like he, look, uh, yeah, he looks at jack uh, he's like yeah i did a good job and he starts starts a uh, top notch barry you know top class <laughs> all right so let's get to like the final major breakup okay and that is charlie played by Catherine zeta jones who is not mentioned in the trailer of all the actors and actresses that are in this movie that they mention, they don't mention Catherine Zeta-Jones, and for good reason. What is good reason? It was just before she exploded. It was just before, like, Mask of Zorro. Oh, and, like, before, like, her, like, Before stardom. she really started to take off. Interesting. Yeah, so that's why she actually didn't get mentioned there. But this movie actually really helped her get, like, some of those other roles, as far as I know. Uh, but she she plays... Uh, Charlie, Charlie, the, the great like destroyer of Rob <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's well, actually a really, really great setup. Yeah. I mean, you you could tell they, they definitely built up. She is like, she's the man eater of the film. Yes. You know, and, and of the list. Yes. You know, she's just, she's got that whole persona about her and everything like that. And you know how she, you know, constructs herself in groups and everything like that. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, he talks about that. He breaks that down and everything about, you know, she just talks about this and, you know, her passion for this and that and other just, you know, totally talking her up, you yes. know, during, during the, her, uh, the past breakup. Yeah. Now we get to the present. Yeah. And, uh, uh, she, uh, calls him up, invites him to this dinner over the phone and everything like that. And it's kind of, she, and I don't know if it was like written that way on purpose, but like the dialogue to me is like, it's kind of choppy. It's a little like it's weird, weirdly written. But, yeah, but I, but like I said, I don't know if that's maybe like that's just her personality. I don't know if that was like her character that she took on. Well, I mean, I think that that Rob kind of explains it best when when he he's at the dinner party, and he's like, because before he's talking about when they used to be together, and he's like, she would say all these really smart things, and she was just awesome, and she had all this energy, and blah blah blah. It's like, and then when he sees her later on, he's just like everything she says is stupid. It's yeah. like, she has no point. She has no like realness like to her. Yeah. She just talks all this shit the whole night and everything. It's like, yeah. And like, that's a really like big relatable point to viewers mm -hmm. because when you're with somebody, you, you know, and if you're, you know, if you're loyal to them and everything like that, you know, you're going to speak the world about them. Mm -hmm. You're going to back them up. But then, you know, if things don't work out and then you come back later in life and you interact with them, you don't have that. You don't have those blinders on. You're you're an yeah. outsider. 
looking in, looking in and whatnot, and seeing what everyone else is seeing. Like, holy shit! Yeah, what was I thinking? Sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. so she, she, so they end up having their conversation about why she wanted to be with Marco and not him, and all of that. And uh, and he he kind of just like comes to this conclusion of like, uh. It's like, no, it's like she never was like really that great in the first place. And it's like, I mean, thank God, like she right. actually left me. He basically, he is able to finally use his past experiences to realize the great that he had. Yes. Which then leads to this wonderful conversation that he has with the audience on uh, a bridge. Oh yeah. Where he talks about Laura. Yes. And, and it actually, it tripped me up, like not, not, not in a bad way, in a very good way the first time, because he explains like the top five things that he like actually loves about her. Yes. And like, you know, it's, it's, it's all these like very precise things. It's little characteristics that you pick up when you're with a significant other. She has one of the all time greatest laughs. She laughs with her whole body. And that is like, great verbiage that allows you to visualize it. Exactly. Yes. But then the number number one thing on the list is it's like there's this thing that she does when she's trying to get to sleep and she can't, where she sort of half moans and rubs her feet together an even number of times. Yep. Without the moaning, I do that. Really? I rub my feet together like an even number of times. And I don't know why. You're the but first the, person in the world the that I second, have known. The second he said it, I was just like, wait, I do that. <laughs> like, And like to this day, like I still do that before I go to bed. I don't know why. It's like I rub, rub my feet together like that way. And then, then I go to sleep. I, don't, I can't explain it. I don't know why. But it was such a great small detail to put in there that like that then I instantly related to. Weird. Huh? That is weird. But congratulations, you're the first person that I've personally known to do that. I don't think, then again, I mean, I don't talk about rubbing your feet together or just how, how people fall asleep. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But it's such a real detail, especially for somebody like me, because that's, that's what I did. Right. Like, uh, and, and so I absolutely love that entire scene, but then he follows it right up with, I could do a top five things about her that drive me completely insane. He's like, but they're run of the mill stupid women crap like or just like your regular relationship bickering sort of thing he's like which is which is pointless you know it's like because that doesn't really that doesn't define what a person is now before we get to the crescendo of all the post breakups and everything like that we're going to talk about one other scene that happens yes so he of course is trying to contact laura and calls her constantly and you know is like borderline stalkerish yes and everything like that Well, this, of course, leads to Ian wanting to confront Ron, (laughs) which is another relatable moment for people that are going through breakups and if they run into said person that is now with their ex. So Ian comes to the record shop where, of course, Rob, Barry, and Dick are all at. Yes. And it is great because he walks out of his back break room or whatever like that, close the door, Sees him all the way across the shop, zones in on him, and like squints his eyes. Like they're wide open, and then he squints him like this. That guy. Yeah. Can I help you? <laughs> Just this very subtle, like, can I help you, but really get the hell out of my store voice. Yeah. 
And so Ian comes over in his little sachet, little, you know, way and whatnot, and is talking in his little way that he does. By the way, Ian is played by Tim Robbins. Which is just great. <laughs> like, he plays it so well. Uh, he, he just absolutely kills he, He's He's almost like, um, he's like a... He's like the dude's brother, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, how he dresses and looks and talks and everything. So he's talking to Rob like, hey, maybe ease up on this or don't do this, that or the other. What do you say? And then, you know, Rob just goes off on him. Get out of my store, you patrol rebound fuck. You know, yeah. <laughs> just get it. And then, and then come to find out that's not real. That's just what Rob imagined that, in his mind. Rob, Rob imagined <laughs> in his head. And then he and then he lunges at him and is about to like just beat his ass and whatnot and like and Dick and, and Barry uh, like, hold him back. <laughs> they jump over the counter, hold him back. You better run! It'll be scorched earth, motherfucker. You know, just like yes. go out. And then that's fake too. That didn't happen. And then <laughs> Dick grabs the phone. Dick and, grabs the phone and, and punches him across the face, <laughs> like WWE wrestling style. Punches him with a telephone, knocks his teeth out, you yeah. know, and then, then all three to beat of the living crap out of him, pull, pull the <laughs> air conditioning unit out of the window and drop it on his head. <laughs> but then, of course, that didn't happen either. And it's totally relatable. You go through at least like five different scenarios of like what you want to do or like what you want to say when you run into something in that scenario, but you don't do any of them. Yeah. Because time just sort of passes because while you're imagining it, like stuff's still going on or whatever like that. So Ian just kind of goes, well, just think about it, and then leaves, and like nothing happens, and you're like, that's ex- that, that's that was probably awesome, what and that's happen. exactly what would happen. I wish it, I wish because it's a movie, you wish one of them was actually real, but it's understandable why it's not. But anyway, yes. that is just it's absolutely- such a great scene because it, it really does show like how the mind of a man works oh, in, a, God, in yes. any kind of situation. Because each one is progressively more violent, or like yeah. more. <laughs> Like I've had these, these thoughts in my head like numerous times. Yes. So I'm pretty sure I've had the multiple, like we jump somebody scenario (laughs) play in my head. Absolutely. Maybe some of the times we were at a pool hall or something. Uh, No, no, that would never happen. eh, Or steak eh, and shake. eh, eh, Steak and shake. (laughs) So So, anyway, great scene. And once again, of course, like I said, anytime that the three of them are together, it's just like each of those things is just like top notch. And uh, so like that, that just like crescendo did whatever like that. And uh, I believe that is the last you see of Ian. Yes. Uh, that is his last scene on that. So he goes away. And now, um, you know, Rob has his realization with life and relationships. Yes. And then, then something bad happens. Something really bad. So Laura's dad ends up dying. We never meet him. We never are introduced to him as a, as a character. No. But we find out that he died and and rob feels really bad about it because he you know he's been with her for five years he knew him too and uh and so he ends up going to the funeral to pay his respects right and the reason why he does is because laura you know laura tells him my dad really liked you and you also come to find out that neither her or her mother told him that they broke up yep because i you know he just liked them both together that much like that's pretty powerful stuff yeah you know, that's that that shows a lot, especially, you know, a, a father with a daughter and everything like that. So, yeah. you know, for them to, you know, for them to know that he thought that highly of them speaks mass amount of violence for anybody that is married and knows the temperament of a father. in law. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Uh, I and so he ends up going and paying his respects. Yes. And then really tries to avoid Laura for the most part. Yeah. He, he, he is literally just there because she wanted him there. Yes. And he, he sits in the back away from everybody. He's yep. by himself. 
um, at the, um, I guess, what you'd consider either the wake or like the little, uh, yeah. I don't, don't want to say party. That is the wrong word. Yeah. Gathering. Yeah. Um, you know, he is that he's in his own little corner, like part of the room or whatever like that. Just there, just because. Yeah. And uh, you know, naturally, some conversations over. I believe it's Laura's sister talking to Liz, if I remember correctly, that mm-hmm. little character. So her sister and, you know, of course, he's overhearing stuff because they're right next to him. And, the, you know, they get kind of snippy with him. And it's like, I, I get why you are resentful toward him right now. But on the other hand, he's still there because of Laura and he's just trying to do what's right. Yeah. Felt it was kind of out of place, you know, to treat him like that. Yeah. But guy's point of view on a guy's situation happening. Yeah. So, you know, like I said, I, I get that, you know, two sides of the story and the coin and everything. So, uh, Rob ends up sneaking out and taking a walk in the rain. Yeah. The rain plays a big thing in this. Yeah. Well, it's John Cusack for you. John Cusack. You know, I, I guess he, you know, it's that dramatic effect. Yes. So, uh, you know, Laura, he goes, cuts back to the gathering and whatnot. Laura's actually, she in the bathroom, she's getting ready and whatnot. And she has full intention. She wants to go out and find Rob. Yep. You know, cause like this whole movie also does a really good thing of like, you see the full round Robin of beginning the film, absolutely nothing to do with him. Yeah. Hangs up on him, cuts him off. Da da da. And now we're to the point, you know, three quarters of the way through the film. She is now wanting to reach out to him and like go to him. Yes. And so she finds him, brings him into the car and they have a long conversation about, uh, really their relationship and, and some, some other stuff too. They end up having sex together, which yeah. is interesting. So, but I it did lead to the line that I thought was, was very interesting in that whole interaction. She's like, I knew I wore a skirt for some a reason today. Yes. Oh yeah. Okay. I was like, okay. Yeah. Apparently she had thought about this for a while on the day of her father's funeral. Yes. And so, but <laughs> I, but I understood it because she said, basically, I don't want to feel this way. Yeah. She's like, I need you to, to make this go away for a while, which and, is and that's both, a powerful statement. It, it's, it's very powerful, but it's also, it can, that can be pretty toxic. Yeah. That's you know, true. You look at you, you got, you gotta be careful with those sort of things. Those are yeah. very hard situations to read. And you also like, you don't want to create resentment after the situation is done. Yeah. So, you know, it, but you know, it's Hollywood. They made it, they made it work. They made it happy. Yeah. And uh, so this ultimately of course ends up with them. Moving back together in one day. Moving back together, getting back together and everything like that. Yep. And it's great. Yeah. And it's awesome. So they're back together and it's all great. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a very quick transition back to it. It is. And, you know, but they have history and it's yeah. all pretty recent and whatnot. It's not like time has passed or anything. They don't, they don't have like much to rebuild and whatnot. Um, so then uh, you, you get to go. Uh, Rob kind of... Um, Kind of gets to go back to his DJ days now and whatnot because he, he runs into a reporter and everything like that. He gets yeah. to make some well, tapes again. That And actually, this is what I thought was really cool about the story is that they introduce him to like this young reporter who knows who he is, kind of idolizes him a bit. And she's young and she's attractive and like basically this perfect bait. Yeah. Like for him. And... And it just shows like his emotional growth and like how he actually views his relationship now in that like he doesn't even like like really give it a thought. He he does and he doesn't cause but like cause I you know, when he starts talking to her, you can kinda tell like, Oh yeah, you're this person. I really like this, da da da. And then the phone rings and Barry's like, Hey Rob, you got a call and he goes, Eh, take a message. Like, I don't care who's on the phone, I'm talking to 
such person in front of me, but then Barry's like, it's your girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Uh, Oh yeah. I'll take that. (laughs) I've got one of those. (laughs) So, um, so then this leads to, you know, they have a little conversation at a bar or whatever like that, him and Laura, you know, about, you know, marriage and settling down and how Rob's like, you know, I'm done living the fantasy. You know, I don't want to worry about it anymore. I don't want it a part of my life and everything like that. I just want this. Yeah. And like, that's really like, cause you know, everyone comes to that realization at some point in life. Yes. So this also is, is like is brought back around cause it, it, it ties up a bunch of different things. Like a bunch of things all kind of come together quickly at the end. These previous kids that were busted stealing some uh, records. some out records and stuff like before, some like some really interesting records to say the least. Yes. <laughs> so they they come they come uh, back into play later on when Rob walks in uh, to uh, to his record shop and Dick and Barry are listening to this album like sort of up, like their minds are blown. Yeah, because and like, Rob just like walks by and he goes. He goes, who is this? He goes, it's those two little skate, skate bastards. Yeah, it's outside. like, it's like <laughs> outside. It's like, it's pretty good. He's like, it's really good. And he's just like, yeah, but no, like, and like, it's like it, Barry's he brain. He doesn't want to like it. Barry's brain can't <laughs> process that it's like that good. He doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to believe that those two little guys made this. Cause one of them is like their hair is dyed red and spikes straight up. Yes. The other one has like leopard print hair and some shit. And yeah. he's just like, yeah, it's, it's really fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So Rob goes out, talks to the kids and, uh, and he's just like, Hey, he's like, I listen to your stuff. It's like, it's really good. And he's, they're like, yeah, we know we made it. <laughs> like, I love that line. It's like such, such great ego with, with them as an artist. And he's like, he's like, I want to put out your record. He's like, you know, it's like, dude, this blah, blah, blah. After I Cooper expenses. And he yeah. goes, you're going to, you're going to recoup a Mercedes. <laughs> We're not there yet. And like, and then of course, Barry is all butthurt. Yeah. Barry, you know, he, you find that, you know, like through the movie, he's a musician. He's in this little band or whatever. Like yes. that. He goes, really? You're going to sign them, but you're not going to sign your own friend or like that. Like, yeah, no. <laughs> so. They, this leads Laura to then like actually helping Rob out, getting, getting like a record label established as top five records Yes, and, uh, having a release party for the album with like a bunch of people, including like all of her lawyer friends and all of that. And she invites Barry and his band to play as the opener for like the thing. Fucking Sonic Death Monkey. Yes. <laughs> uh, I would if there was a band named Sonic Death Monkey, I'd probably listen to him just on pure like, principle. Is, like Jack Black should have done that as a side project anyway. He just, still could. He still could. We need to reach out to him make that happen. Like <laughs> still waiting for that Sonic Death Monkey album. <laughs> Send that to him on Twitter. Uh, and like, so he ends up having to go and like play as, in the opener. And I, I absolutely love it because Rob gets up there and he like does the intro speech and he's just like, yeah, I want to like introduce you to the opener. <laughs> it's like, and it's so like low key and like, just like, Oh my God, this is going to be absolutely horrendous, but and, I'm still going to do it anyway. And of course you have to see, he's trying to talk Barry out of it. I'll, I'll give you 50%. Stand for I'll give you 105% of the profits. That's how much it means to me to hear you not play. <laughs> It's one hundred and five percent. He goes, Rob. It's happening. We're Sonic fucking Death Monkey. <laughs> like just delivers it. You know, just pure Jack Black awesomeness. Like yes, yes 
We were going to hear Sonic Death Monkey. Rob, get over it. So so Rob <laughs> introduces Sonic Death Monkey, and the band goes up there, and, and Barry's just like, well, we are no longer Sonic Death Monkey. We were thinking Kathleen Turner Overdrive. <laughs> Which is awesome in and of itself. He's like, he's like, but tonight we will be known as Barry Jive and the Uptown Five. Yes. And, of course, they go into a song that is actually Rob has mentioned like two or three times throughout the yeah, film. Yeah. As you like know. being the, the basis for like his relationship with Laura. Yeah. You know, Let's Get It On by Marvin Gaye. And your quick little quip of it is, of course, Jack Black is actually singing the vocals. And he actually is a good singer. Yes. And so for somebody like me who had no idea that Jack Black could actually sing, I was like, holy crap, that dude's good. Yeah. Like, and you know he nails it because I mean that's that's a that's a stellar song to try and you know come close to or whatever like that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. He, he he nails it or whatever like that. And of course the whole place is totally into it. It erupts and everything like that. Rob is blown away because because I actually wonder how many people or like actors on set actually knew like that Jack Black had seen like that. Because with it being well, you know pre fame and everything like that, you know I wonder if like the director or whatever like that if like. You know, Jack Black was like, hey, I could actually, like, I do this or whatever like that. I could. So, you want to you know? Like, they specifically wrote that part with him in mind. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. And, in fact, he almost turned it down. And, <gasps> like, they, they really had to beg him to be like, no. Like, seriously, please do this part. Like, it is written specifically for you. And did, you now, will get did to start with, know, Ro- with, <laughs> with, with John Cusack. <laughs> like, okay. Okay. Like, so, but like, I, I, I just wonder that I, like I said, I, I, I wonder how many of the, you know, main other actors like, you know, Rob or Laura or anybody, if they knew that he was actually going to go up there and seem like that. Yeah. Or, you know, cause it, cause if they didn't and they were actually able to get those like real reactions yeah. or whatever, like that'd be awesome to know. So, so yeah. John Cusack though is a massive music nerd. Oh yeah. Like he absolutely is. So he, he obviously knew who Jack Black was and like he knew about Tenacious D and like all that kind of stuff. I, like there's no doubt in my mind that he, that he wasn't just like, no, Barry is Jack Black, get Jack Black. It's like, cause he's got to sing it at the end too. Uh, but yeah, that kind of all comes together and it fades out with that. And then it's like him talking about some, some very important rules for making a mixtape. Oh Yeah. Because he decides he's like that he wants to make a mixtape for Laura of all of her favorite songs, and then gives the rules. Then he's like, "You got to start it out big." He's like, "And then you got to take it up a notch." He's like, "But then after that, you got to back it off a bit because you don't want to just like completely blow your wad right there." He's like, and, like, and then like just lays out these rules, and it's such a good moment because it's like, "Holy crap, he's right." He's right, and I have taken that with me this entire time. And it just sucks that that's probably going to be the only thing truly lost in translation for people who do watch it today because mixtapes are not a thing. Yeah, you know, you that is true. And it's like the most you could do, but like, I don't know how you would like share with the person is like make them a playlist. Yeah. But, but it's like when you make a play, like you, you could still have a thousand songs on a playlist. It's not going to be as intricate. Exactly. Because, you know, it's like only building has finite, an album. Yeah. It only has finite number of space. So you got to pick and choose. Whereas, you know, any any number of things today can hold exactly. ten million songs. So exactly. Unfortunately, that that is going to get a little bit lost in translation. Like, really, yeah. why, why is he got to do all that? But anyway, so ends with that, and of course, um, the 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 end song I for the movie when by, I fall in love. Yes, by Steve. That was actually almost our wedding song. Forever. Almost our wedding song. Oh, okay. But it wasn't nice. <laughs> but. You, 
You know, it's funny is that my wedding song actually was from the one uh, musical movie that like completely changed my life. Yeah. Six Dream Samurai? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we ended up do, using a song uh, from the band The Frames, of which the lead singer of The Frames was in the movie Once. Oh, okay. And the movie Once is like one of my, it is like my all-time favorite awesome. musical. So. So yeah, you know it. Yeah, you know it's that feel good movie that ends on it. Like I said, yeah. Even though this is the anti rom com, it still still ends on that good note. They do get back together and and everything like that. And you know the record takes off and yeah. you know, he he's found all of his closure and whatnot. And yeah. and there it goes. And yeah. And, and once again, it ends on like I said, it great great you know soundtrack and everything like that. Brilliant soundtrack. Brilliant soundtrack. But now. Now I think we can go into a little bit. We're not going to go quite into details like what all everybody's done. Yeah. But we are definitely going to go into, I mean, the the supporting cast for this film. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, John Cusack, he's yep. been a staple in Hollywood for decades now. Exactly. Uh, and, like, really, I mean, the supporting cast here with, uh, I mean, Laura could have basically been played by anybody and would have been okay. But the the... The girl that they got to play her, she's not American. I know that much, and I can't pronounce her last name. Even she, I can't say that. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to uh, butcher that. So Dick was played by Todd Lu, uh, Luiso. Yep, he's done this, that, and the other. Um, yeah, he he pops up in random things that, and he plays like kind of that character. I, I do love him. He is the other scientist in The Rock. He's like uh, Nicholas Cage's lab partner in the yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he, he's got that famous thing. He goes, you expect me to stab myself in the heart with this? Are you fucking nuts? Yeah. <laughs> he's got like a three-inch needle on it or whatever. So, uh, and then, you know, we, Jack Black. Yeah. Obviously, which, we know that. All over the place. Done uh, a ton of movies and is still making movies to this day. In fact, yes. I watched the new trailer for Jumanji 2 yesterday, and it s- still looks freaking hilarious. It's going to be so. hilarious. And then, of course, um, the musician that we mentioned earlier on that they go see at a, a Marie show. DeSalle. Marie DeSalle is played by Lisa Le- Bonnet. 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 And uh, she is most uh, famously married to... Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Aquaman. Yes. So this is... Obviously- she's like like many years older than him, too. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> of, of course, when this movie came out, she was still, I believe, with uh, Lenny Kravitz. Yes. And whatnot, so... And had little Zoe. Had little Zoe. And uh, so then... Um, Catherine Zeta. Catherine Zeta, which we mentioned. And then uh, Joan Cusack, who is... Um, Had been in nine movies with John. Yeah, she they, they star along... I, I can only imagine what the household with them was like growing up. You know, both those personalities and everything. Yeah. Could, probably hysterical. But she is a stellar actress. She is actually, if I remember correctly, she's won um, a few awards. Yeah, uh, most, most recently, uh, she won an award for her part in the... Showtime show Shameless. Yes. Who um, that she just rocks that part crazy. And, of course, we mentioned Tim Robbins. Famous for, uh, obviously, Top Gun. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I went there. You went there. I okay. went there. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, and then, um, and Lily Taylor, which um, uh, most of you would actually know her. She, uh, she's got two famous uh, horror movies under her belt. Uh, she did The, the Haunting. Uh, yeah. Back in the '90s, which was very popular, and then she also did the first Conjuring film. She uh, she was also in Say Anything with John Cusack. Yes, as uh, as one of his friends. Yes, and then um, two other little people that pop up in this film. Uh, one of them had no lines because of the scene he was in. A very young Drake Bell, 
on the Disney Channel. He plays young Rob during the first breakup. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yep. <laughs> he just, like I said, he's got no dialogue or anything like that. He's, he just, he's just there being hey young kid, Rob. Hey, kid, we're going to need you to walk over here and then uh, kiss this girl. Exactly. Oh, okay. And then uh, Dick actually ends up getting a girlfriend later on. It was the friend, though. It was the friend in the young scene that was there when they walk past and she sees uh, Allison kissing Kevin and his friend just goes, slut. Yep. <laughs> Bomb. Oh, I love it so much. It's so bad. And uh, Dick uh, ends up getting a girlfriend he meets in the record store. Actually, uh, her name is Anna Moss, played by Sarah Gilbert. Yes. Who is famous for one thing. Roseanne. Roseanne. <laughs> And uh, everybody else is, you know, just kind of there and whatnot. Nobody, nobody yeah, worth it or like, whatever. It's a great cast that works together. Oh, absolutely. But, I mean, you, you look at, you go back and watch and you realize what what, what all those people have done up to yeah. now. It's like, holy crap, this was uh, a lot of pre-stardom stuff. It was uh, really well put together, though. Yeah, and the movie holds up for being 20 years old. Yes, and absolutely. I, I mean, I even remember going and seeing it back then, and I told, like, several of my female friends, like, if you want to know, like, kind of how the mind of a man works, see this movie. Yeah. Because it'll explain a lot to you about what is actually going on in 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 the in our not, heads. Not that we're hard creatures to read, but no. if you just want a visual of it. No, but it's like, go. but I mean, everything about it from like his, his talks about like, you know, uh, girls and the relationships to the the scene about him confronting ian yep. like the way that he wanted to as opposed to what actually happened it's like all that crap is real absolutely and then and then just to throw it on top of that like with him hanging out with his you know friends like they, like yep that's exactly what we are like it's like we're probably not as like depressed as rob for the most part but th- i mean that is absolutely what we are like we get absolutely. onto a subject that is completely asinine and then just keep keep going on and like stretching it out and figuring out all of the scenarios that we could possibly do. It's like, cause that's what we do. That's what friends do. But like it, it's so brilliantly to me captured like exactly what this was. And as, as Nick Hornby said, it is, it is a book about men talking about men things. Yes. And it's that simple. And it that's why simple. I love this movie. It's, it's just stellar. Yeah. Stellar. So, Absolutely. What would be your score for this one? Uh, I'm giving this one actually a solid eight. Solid eight. Yeah. Soundtrack gets a 10 though. <laughs> okay. Soundtrack get, gets 10 out of 10. All right. What do you got? Um, uh, I'm like just a little bit behind you, like solid, like seven, seven and a half. All right. Well, I'm a bit older than you. Yeah. So I saw it when I was older. So. And you're also more into music. That's so, like, true. Very you much get so. Very, you get a lot more of the references than I do and like, probably piece together a lot more. And I'm just yeah. like, I'd have to do a lot more research than what you did or had to do. Yeah. And whatnot in order to get there, but it's still one that I'm just like, if I put it on or whatever, if I see it on, it's once again in that category of I'm more than likely going to watch, like continue and just watch it to the end or whatever. Yeah. And uh, I remember I uh, got my wife to watch it. She loves it and everything. She's a big John Cusack fan to begin yeah. with, though. Um, but uh, just as for the the romantic part of it and whatnot, and you know, seeing it from you know female point of view she she enjoyed it though and whatnot and i'm glad that she did because then you know it gives me another movie to watch with her absolutely so i believe that you know nothing much else it's not a very complicated movie no absolutely very easy not. to follow but uh ultimately you know one of those it's gonna make you feel good by the end of it yep it doesn't i will go seek some help speaking of easy to follow you can find us on facebook uh you can go to the grab your popcorn group 
and uh, interact with us. Uh, David is usually on there posting links to articles or trailers or stuff. And just generally, he keeps me more informed about the <laughs> stuff going on in the world of film than I do. You know, that's okay, though, because you, you do a lot more for behind the scenes on, on other ends and whatnot. That's, that is that's true. Part of what makes us the team, though. Yeah. So. But that's that's basically it. Find us, grab your popcorn on Facebook. And, uh, and please please give us a message or something uh, if you are so inclined to talk and about hey, movies. If you reach out enough. Or, you know, to one of us directly or even on the page. If you want us to do something. If you yeah, let us movie, know. You know, sometimes we don't want to choose. Yeah. You know, sometimes we, we, we like them. it when we have options that are made for us by our wives. Especially if they're pieces of crap. Exactly. Because then we can rip them apart. Exactly. You so know, there's going to be another one of those coming up soon because, you know, I've been itching ever since we did Point Break. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. That is very true. So other than that, I got nothing else for all of you. I don't know. I say just crank up the volume and grab your popcorn. Goodbye, everybody.